Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to take a bite out of the competition? Are you looking for ideas to make your business better? Welcome to the Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. Sponsored by Apple Capital Group. At the core of every successful business, you'll find people making a difference. And with each episode of The Core Business Show, we talk with those people, examine those ideas, and explore the strategies that make them special. Now, the host of The Core Business Show, Tim Jacquet. Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of The Core Business Show. I'm Tim Jacquet, your host. Today, our topic is Sell or Be Sold, How to Get Your Way uh in business and in life by uh Grant Cardone. We have uh if you want to join in the conversations, you can go ahead and call at 347-324-3460, 347-324-3460 or you can pose a question in the chat room. Now go ahead and read it on the air. Well, Grant, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I guess to begin with, kind of tell us about yourself. Our listeners like to hear personal stories and always learning something new. So do you mind just tell us about yourself and then how you got started? Sure, sure. I grew up in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Uh, my dad was a very hardworking uh, middle class, trying to get in the middle class and trying to hold on to the middle class. So he taught me work ethic. He died when I was 10 years old. And then my mother raised me and two other boys uh, by herself. She didn't have an education. And there was a mentality in my household because of the time period that my parents were both born from the Great Depression. So they had that kind of mentality of save, scratch it out, work hard, you know, uh, this this concept of waiting for a rainy day. You know, the emergency is always going to happen. They were brought up like so many millions of households in this country uh, and left me with this idea that, hey, you can do anything you want but you have to absolutely work hard for it. My dad was very much uh, in the belief of, of that if it was if it was going to happen, it, it was up to the individual to make something happen. If nothing happened, it was the individual's fault. Um, wow. And he very much loved sales and believed that selling was uh, important for people. He kind of left that with us even at a young age of 10. To learn how to sell and persuade and market uh, is a survival strategy. Well, wow. so taking away from that, coming from uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana, it's beautiful there. Uh, my family's from uh, Louisiana as well. But kind of tell us from from Louisiana, you grew up, and how did you move from there and start your career? Well, that's man. I don't know if you got you got enough time here, but you know, I I get out of college. I I get a, co- a college degree because my parents said it was so important, and I believe they were mm-hmm. right at that time. I don't know that they're right now that that data would be true because I left college with a loan. It took mm-hmm. me five years to get through. Uh, I owe the federal government money, and lo and behold, I look up and there's 24 percent unemployment in the marketplace that I work in, and nobody's hiring accountants. So basically, my thought four or five years appeared to be a waste. The only job I could get was in sales. Literally the single only job was in sales in this little refinery town. So uh, I got in a sales job, uh, wasted about two years doing that before I finally said, man, you got, you, you got to get your head on because this, the economy was still terrible. This is 1978, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the problem was not the economy. It wasn't even the industry it was in. It was that I had never committed. I had been in this transition 
where I was leaving college, thought I'd have an accounting, you know, job. Now I'm in the sales job I don't like. Like so many people, even today, that's happening to lots of people that get out of college with a degree, and then they can't use it because of whatever the economy shifted. So the, the good news in, in any economy, regardless of how good or bad it is, salespeople are always needed. So I finally, really at 25 years old, said, I have to learn how to do this. And I committed wow. the next uh, probably year or two and studied everything I could on selling, including recording interactions with my customers. And within about 14 months, it reached the top 1% of uh, people in my industry. Now, I went from literally zero to hero in a period of 14 months when I made, once I made a commitment. So what type of materials did you read to get you up to speed? Anything I could grab, anything I could get on selling. Wow. Uh, back then it was cassette tapes. I would listen to tapes. I was listening to, you know, all the greats, the Zig Ziglar's and the, the Brian Tracy's and the Jackie Coopers, all these names that we've heard of for years, uh, the mm -hmm. Think and Grow Rich. You know, I, I was reading these books, and more importantly, I was starting to practice and drill, not just read, because I know a lot of people that read but never are able to put it to use. So I spent a lot of time each day. I spent as much time in drilling, rehearsing, and practicing as I did in reading and actually collecting data. Wow. So any of those books has something in common that was a common thread that you noticed with all those cassettes and all those books? Yeah, the common thread in all those was, you know, I mean, as simple as this may seem, was there's a reader. On the end of every book, there's someone that wants information. That's the difference. The guy that doesn't pick up wow. a book, the average American reads one book a year. Now, while I could tell you the content had some similarities in all these books, the reality is that at the end of each book or audio program or seminar, is someone that wants data, that wants change. And for me, you know, what all those books had in similar was me, a hungry guy, 27 years old, he was done, sick and tired of being poor, sick and tired of being scared every day, sick and tired of not performing. And those are all three different things. I was, I was as disgusted with not reaching my potential as my financial situation. And so that's a great question because it was me at the end of those books that, that had something in common, this hungry this hungry want, I know I can do more. Today, that is mm -hmm. my definition of success. Not not money, not how much money you make, but are you living up to your potential? Am I living up to my full potential? If there's more for me to get, then, then that's the thing in front of me that I'm seeking to get. You know, how can I improve and me? And that's what the books and the programs were doing. Wow. So when you took that uh, that sense and then you say, I'm going to make this change, and you do it, how did you get to 1% of selling? Because, you know, I You know what's incredible? So, it, yeah. It, it, you know what's incredible? It was so fast. It was unbelievable. I'm talking within a year I had reached the top 1% in, a, in, a, in an industry, not a company, in an industry. It was so radically fast, and I'm going to tell you why, is because – most people aren't doing anything. And that holds even more true today than it did 20 years ago. People are not studying. They're not learning. You know, we're, we're going back to when there was 
three TV channels. Today, there's 800 TV channels. There was no Internet. There was no Google. There was no iPads. Today, people are being – they don't even know the information they're getting today. People wake up in the morning and get hit with all kinds of drama and crazy stuff on a daily basis. They're not mm-hmm. in charge of their content. The only change I had made in my life at that time at 25 years old was I changed the content I was receiving in my life. And the guys around me that I was selling against did not change. They waited for things to happen, and I refused to. And and so I think anybody can be in top 1%. Not, it has nothing to do with whether you're outgoing or extroverted or introverted or A-type personality or paste. It has something to do with are you hungry? Are you willing to show up? And are, we, are you willing to, to improve yourself every day? How do you keep from getting overwhelmed as a salesperson? You uh, you're on the floor uh, of any particular business, and these things you try to get, get all of this stimulation to click, and you just can't get it to click. How do, what do you say to that person? You know the, the the thing I do to get to not get overwhelmed is to do everything I can to get overwhelmed. Wow. Now, now so I know that sounds like this monster contradiction, but I, I get overwhelmed when I don't have enough to do. People are getting burnt out. Oh, I'm burnt out, Grant. I'm so burnt out. It's because you're not playing a big enough game. You're, you're not burnt out. You're bored. People get burnt out when there's, there's no purpose. They get overwhelmed when, when the game is not so interesting, you know, and they get overwhelmed when they're not trained, you know, so any, any, like, if I get a flat tire, I get overwhelmed. Why? Because I don't know how to change a tire, right? So, so yeah. if four tires go flat, it isn't any more it isn't any more difficult for me than if one goes flat. I just don't know how to change a tire. But then I'm going to have to read the manual because I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm having to read the manual under a time constraint. So people need to be trained in selling. Look, the entire economy, 300 million people live in the United States, every one of them needs to learn how to sell because sometime in their life, they're going to have to persuade someone to do something, whether it's get married, get a promotion, get a job. They, they might have to sell themselves on quitting one job to go do another big one or to start their own company, but you just can't get away from this selling concept, No, and the schools don't teach it. It's kind of ironic because, you know, Children are natural born sellers. When they want something, they're going to sell the parents to the very end. Uh, they're the best closer when it comes to a parent. They can have a, a kid can make a parent buy a car. A kid can make a parent to do yeah, a lot of things, yeah. and also around them. So you have that instinct of selling at a young age and getting what you want. What happens to the person when they become eighteen? That it, that is. That is such a deep question. First of all, young kids, kids actually don't sell. Kids bypass selling and just go for the clothes. They, they don't do a presentation. They don't do the build-up. They don't do the rapport building. They're like, hey, give me this or I'm going to tear this freaking grocery store apart. And I think what happens with the kid is the kid is so determined. He is so willing and so not socialized yet. We haven't broke the kid yet, which is missing in most salespeople. Most salespeople are are trying to be professional as opposed to demanding what they want from a customer. Now, an untrained person, when they hear that, the first instinct of an untrained person is, oh, this guy's this guy's a man, he'll pressure people. 
See, the only people that think that when I say demand that the customer buys from you, when I make that statement, because that's a close, and that has nothing to do with selling. These are completely different arts. I know a lot of people learn how to sell, never learn how to close, and I know people know how to close that don't know how to sell. The kid only closes. So when I demand that somebody does something with me, and when, when the listener says, oh, man, that's high pressure, there is, a, there is something that person doesn't understand about selling and closing. And number two, anytime you won't demand somebody purchase from you, you don't believe in your product, yourself, or your company. Because if you completely believe, you would demand. If it's right for the customer, if your product's great, whether it's a book, a $30 book, or a $300,000 condo, if it's a great product, you should demand that people buy it. If you're a great company, you should demand that people do business with you. So that's, that's what Perfect. I think the child does. He has this demand. He's not been socialized. They haven't broken yet. <laughs> we're going to take yeah, a break exactly. real quick, and then we're going to die. We're going to die right into your book, uh, Sell or Be Sold. We'll be back in one moment at the station break. You're listening to The Core Business Show, sponsored by Apple Capital Group. Apple Capital Group in Jacksonville, Florida, is a commercial lender that specializes in asset-based loans, equipment leasing and financing, invoice financing, commercial real estate loans, and asset-based financing in the U.S. and Canada. Apple Capital Group is a direct lender that lends on their private equity investment portfolio. 90% of most loans are decided within two hours, and vendor funding within 24 hours after documents are completed with a one-page application. No slow no's, just a quick decision and a fast yes. To get more information about lending from Apple Capital Group, call 866-611-7457. That's 866-611-7457 to speak with one of our loan specialists. Or visit us right now at applecapitalgroup.com. Welcome back to The Core. Once again, here's Tim Jacquet. I'll be back with Grant Cardone. Uh, Grant, talking about your, your latest book, which is Sell, uh, Sell or Be Sold, kind of tell us how did you come up with that title uh, and how did you come up with the idea of having this particular book? Okay, good. So um, Sell or Be Sold basically is telling people you're either doing the selling or you're being sold. There's no, there's no gray here. You're either doing the selling and getting your way in life and in business or Someone is selling to you. You're being sold. Every single second of every day, somebody's selling something to somebody. Even if you're just watching TV, if you're watching the guys at Fox, Sean Hannity and O'Reilly are trying to sell you something. If you're listening to the guys at MSNBC, they're trying to sell you something. Everybody is trying to persuade you of their belief system. So to the degree that I'm sold, and I'm not just talking about selling as a career now. It is vital that I am able to stay sold on myself and my goals and my dreams and my purpose. Otherwise, I'm going to be influenced to do what the President of the United States wants me to do or what an entire party wants me to do. Right now in America, it is so, so important for people to get sold on their purpose and stay sold on it. I, I say in Sell or Be Sold, I say in the book, the most important sale you will make in your lifetime and you will have to repeat every day is the one you make to yourself. And that book wow. is about how to stay sold on what you want. 
What different uh, differs the amateur versus the professional seller? Well, the difference between the amateur seller and the professional is this monster, unbelievable commitment to his career. I mean, you know, when you look at salespeople, the best salespeople I know, and I've been around tens of thousands of them now with our seminars, uh, from the books, uh, from everything that we do online, I've either been in touch in front of tens of thousands or heard from them online. And the big difference is the professional, he, he's not looking at a sale. He's not thinking about a sale. He's When he sells something or does not sell something, he's thinking about his business. He's not he, he doesn't look in terms of, oh, I sold somebody something. He's looking at how he's building his business every day. He's not even thinking about, am I a salesman or not? He's thinking about, am I growing my business? He's never satisfied. He's extremely competitive. He wants to be at the top of the board. He wants to be t- top of his game. And, and he knows to do that, he must continue to educate himself to be great and to stay motivated. I mean, motivation in this this thing of selling is like vital. Like I got to be excited. And so how do I stay motivated in a negative environment? And I think that is the difference between the pro and the amateur. The amateur just shows up and hopes and wishes and prays that something good might happen to him. And then he spends the rest of the time blaming, coming up with excuses, the economy, the product, uh, whatever. He comes up with endless list of excuses of why things aren't going well for him. Wow. When it comes to relationship, is it all about relationships when you try to uh, close someone or try and sell someone something? Well, I don't know at that point that it's, you know, certainly they need to trust me. Certainly the more the person trusts me, believes in me. But really, when it comes down to closing a transaction, the, the the big difference is certainty. I have to create certainty. Today, wow. people have so little certainty in themselves. It's a social problem. I mean, we have we have a we have hundreds of millions of people that just don't have certainty when to buy a house, when to buy a car, where to go to get their money, where to put their money. There's so much uncertainty in the marketplace. The closer's job is to create so much certainty so that the buyer can actually make a decision. You actually have to. Give the consumer, whoever buying a product from you or investing with you, you have to reinforce their ability to make good decisions. Because once you have enough certainty, then you'll do anything. Hmm. So, you know, we compare to, in your book also, you're talking about the uh, the price myth. You know, I've never imagined uh, 15 years later I would pay $4 for a cup of coffee. Uh, and it's not all about the price. That, yeah, of course, they're gonna if they can have certainty that they can trust you. Tell us about that when it comes to the the, the you, price. You, well, I, I wrote this whole chapter called the price myth, and this is probably the okay. number one question asked to me online and in my seminars. Hey, what about okay. the price? I got a guy down the street. He undersells us. I, I got a guy. You know, I got another product that's half our product. It's it's not the same, but it's half the price, half the product. And uh, how do I sell against price? And I'm like, look, price is a myth. You know, the people that get the lowest price are typically the cheapest salespeople. No offense to anybody, but I used to suffer from this same problem. I made all my decisions on price. So you know what? All my customers made their decisions on price. I was actually projecting onto a customer 
what my beliefs were. I thought value was created by a lower price, and I ended up with all these customers that, that, that actually assessed value or determined value based on price. Once I finally got myself corrected about my product and my price, if it was a $4 cup of coffee, or a $40,000 car, or a $400,000 uh, condo, I have to figure out why is that $4 cup of coffee worth $6 to somebody? I'm going to walk up to Starbucks right now and go get one, in fact. Why is, why <laughs> when somebody gives me $4 for a cup of coffee, what did they say about that $4? They said that that, four, that, that cup of coffee is worth more than $4 to them or you wouldn't have given it to me. So if somebody buys my book for $30, he has determined that, that he's not looking for $30 when he gives me that, that $30 for the book. He's looking for something more than that, right? If somebody mm -hmm. pays 30000 for a car, they don't think the car was worth thirty. They think it was worth more than their 30000 So that's what the price myth is about in, a, in a one wow. answer. It's about getting you, getting the reader – to understand that whatever number somebody offers you or gives you, they believe the product is worth more than that. Wow. That's that's awesome. What's the difference of an aggressive person and a passionate person? Should you get aggressive in trying to close someone or you just show your passion? Well, you want to get passionate. You You, you know, Look, I'm an extremely aggressive person. It doesn't mean other people need to be. But when it comes down to when things get really difficult, the aggressive mm -hmm. people do tend to eat more. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 that's just the way of the world. So when it all gets ugly and the place starts burning down, the person that wants that front door the most typically ends up getting there. So, and, and I think all personality types can be aggressive, but passion, you cannot, you have to be able to be, be, you must be passionate, not even for the consumer, you know, just to stay in the game, just to stay in the game of anything, you got to be passionate. And the people that tend to be the most passionate are the best trained. Wow. You know, if you ask me to go ice skating tonight, I'm going to be like, dude, I'm not, I'm just not very passionate about that. Why? Because I don't know how to ice skate. People that quit sales, they don't quit sales because they weren't meant for it. They quit sales because they hated it. And the reason they hate it is because they don't know what they're doing. All human beings quit things they're not good at. You'd be an idiot not to. The way wow. to get good at it is to train, and that's the way you're going to be passionate. You're going to get training and education, and then you'll get more passionate. Well, wow. do you think a lot of people out of work because they don't want to sell? It, it, maybe they, they're always, if you look through all networks, there are always a lot of sales positions available. Um, are there natural-born people that sell? And that's in a DNA. They're going to sell. That's who they are. And there are some people who can't sell. And if, yeah, is training us the answer for that? Yeah. Good, no, go ahead. I, I think there are people that, that, that – uh, are just natural, kind of like, okay, that's what they're going to do. It just, it, look, when you look at them, you think it was natural for them, but they don't think it was natural. Was it, was that, go to strangers and talk to them and show up at appointments and 
be turned down and rejected. If, if that's natural to you, then, you know, you probably got a couple of screws loose. People have to get used to that. You have to, you know, nobody is born to be a great salesperson. It's just not true. So here's the big problem. I think people are actually persuaded not to be in sales. I think people are told that there's something degraded or wrong with it or bad about it or it's not respectable. Steve Jobs, when Steve Jobs died, nobody called him a salesperson. But I don't know of anybody that was a better salesperson than Steve Jobs. Uh, They called him a genius. They called him radical. They called him an inventor. They said he changed the world. The truth is Steve Jobs was one of the best salespeople that has ever walked on planet Earth. He sold people on products that we didn't want never thought about. He was an unbelievable salesperson, but wasn't contributed with that as one of the adjectives for him. So I think there's some disdain in America for salespeople. If you go to India or China, they love salespeople there. They want to sell. And and I think that's a big difference why so many people don't go look at that, that arena as a way to make a lot of money. And by the way, salespeople are some of the best paid, if not the best paid, people on this planet. Wow. You bring an interesting point before we uh, close. Got two more topics real quick. If you notice around the country, some of the best people on the board are from uh, foreign countries because they're so aggressive uh, from the Asian community, from the Indian community. Why is that uh, from the Middle East? Yeah, I think I just hit on it. I was up in New York City. They won't even hire Americans now. I mean, I, I was working with two companies there. They're like, look, if the guy's from Persia or and he, or it's a guy from Connecticut, I'm hiring the guy from Persia 100 times out of 100. Wow. They're hungry, Grant. They're hungry. They're driven to take care of families. You know, they go to work for a purpose. They're sending money. Some of their money's going overseas back to take care of their mom and dad at home or their uncle or aunt, and, and the rest of the money's staying here, and they're saving it, and they're – they're trying to make a business, and they're trying to create a middle class in the American. They're soft. And no offense, I love America, but we got soft. Somewhere we got soft. We're not hungry. We, we took we took this middle class for granted for too long, and now we see it disappearing from us, and people are starting to lose hope. But they shouldn't. Man, the, the, the opportunity in the marketplace is so unbelievable right now for those people who really want to work hard, study hard, and get their game on Okay. The last two questions is how to ask. We have a question here. How do I ask for the sale? Okay. You you, you know, I would set it up early. I would tell people before you start presenting the product that your intention is to make sure they walk out with your product. Your intention is to make sure they make a decision. Like we sell a lot of products over the telephone. We, We tell people in the opening parts of the call, my intention before this call is over with, just to have you using our product tomorrow. I'm closing people in the very first moments uh, and letting them know that is my intention because it is my intention. I, look, I have a great product. I have a great company. We're going to take care of you. or Otherwise, I wouldn't be on the phone with them. People with high levels of integrity that really believe in what they're doing should be asking for the close a lot sooner than they are. Mm-hmm. And uh, social media, how has that impacted the sales process? Oh my gosh! I mean, uh, you know, we're we're moving from Los Angeles right now, where we we've, we've lived in Southern California for 22 years. I'm moving to Miami 
by the time I get to Miami, I will have looked at a hundred plus homes. Yeah. Uh, I will have looked at, sorry, I, I'm bored. See, see, I'm staying overwhelmed. Like I told you earlier, I got a plane, I got a flight, I got a call. I got, you got to stay in the game. So we're going to Miami and I, I will probably look at a hundred plus homes with Google satellite, see the interiors, exteriors of the home, already have my financing done if I choose to finance. And the reality is I'm going to where I know what hundredth block of a neighborhood I want to be in. So by the time I get there, the real estate agent's had a lot of his work done. If he would pay attention, if he'd really get become a professional in a changing environment, he would understand he could ask me, How much have you looked on at the net? And I'd tell him, okay, good. What have you determined based on what you saw next? And I would tell him. And now he's reduced his selling time because the Internet has become his partner if he would learn how to use it. And then wow. there's Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter that we could do a whole other interview on, which I, in the last two years I have used, like, abundantly to build my business. Wow. Anything you'd like to leave us with? I know you're getting ready to get on your flight. No, no, no. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Grant Cardone. I'd, lo- I'd love to help people there. We That's free data. And uh, we provide people with information every day about how to sell and how to stay in business and how to be an entrepreneur and how to make their, their businesses and their lives work. Great. Well, Grant, thank you for joining the conversation. Uh, appreciate your time and have a safe flight. Hey, thank you so much. Appreciate you, uh, and have a great weekend. Take care. This has been another production of the Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. Thank you for all for listening. Take care, and again, have a great day. Thank you for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. For a free quote on equipment leasing and financing, visit our website, applecapitalgroup.com. That's applecapitalgroup.com. And fill out the information to receive your free quote. We hope you'll join us for our next episode. And remember, you can always get to The Core via iTunes. You'll find all our previous episodes there. Thanks again for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet.